Let's get into the word. Uh, it says, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. It's very encouraging on this Sunday. Start with that verse. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves. Somebody shout themselves. In mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other Eastern peoples invaded the country. And they camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. And they came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. One translation says they overwhelmed them. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land and ravaged it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites, they cried out to the Lord for help. Another translation says they reduced them to starvation. So they cried out to the Lord for help. If you're the note-taking type, um, one title could be pressure that leads to purpose. I have some other thoughts. I'll give you, we'll go with that one today. <laughs> Pressure that leads to purpose. Let's pray together. Father, we open our hearts and minds, ask you to speak to us. Um, may we never be the same because of it. We believe your word has the power to change us. It's live, it's breathing. It's not an ancient text. It's the living word of God. So our hearts are ready to receive from you. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. How many of you ever been under pressure in life? All right, some of y'all should give a sermon seminar on how to not have pressure in your life. Come on, other campuses, I know. How many of you have been under pressure, some kind of pressure? Okay, my son came to me the other day, uh, yesterday or the day before, he goes, Dad, did you ever pull an all-nighter? Um, and I said, several times in college. He said, so you waited till the last minute to write the paper? I was like, all right, how do I say this without giving him permission? to wait till the last minute to get some. Are y'all tracking? It's like all the sins of, of your childhood come up somewhere in your parenting. That's what happens. And so I was like, uh, yeah, but I was out doing ministry. And so I got back late. <laughs> sometimes that was true. But sometimes, but sometimes I would start the paper at midnight, go to the computer lab. Come on, back in the computer lab days. You didn't have no laptop in your dorm room back then. You had a computer lab you went to and you had to wait for somebody to get up so you could get a spot on the computer lab. And, uh, and so I would type that paper and I would work on it and uh, right up until time to go grab breakfast and get into class. And uh, I sometimes work better and I kind of like the pressure, the intensity that creates. Some people like that would cause you anxiety. Just me saying it, you're like, you're bringing back, I'm bringing back issues. Like I'm triggering things from your college days and you're like, yeah, we're gonna talk about that in therapy this week. Everybody needs a good therapist. And, um, and but I kind of liked the pressure of it. It made me work better. I thought I was more creative. Um, I kind of enjoy the pressure, but all of us have been under some kind of pressure, financial pressure, relational pressure, right? Life is full, is it not, of pressure, right? And this is where the nation of Israel is, as we just read in the text, they're under a great amount of pressure from this group called the Midianites. Um, the Midianites were invading them, and the Bible doesn't just say that they were unkind or 
that they were bothering them or they were kind of a thorn in their side. The scripture says they, one translation says they were cruel and oppressive to them. And so this is what Israel is facing at this time. Now, I want to say that sometimes pressure comes because life comes, right? There's nothing you can do about it. I had several conversations this week. Pressure, and it was nobody's fault. It was life. And all of us experienced that. It's the call we didn't want to get. It's the tragedy that came our way. It's someone passed. It's the layoff that we didn't see coming. It's the downsizing of the company. It's the friendship that is falling apart. It's pressures and life brings and There's not much we can really do about it, but we have to respond to it. And how we respond to it really determines what we get out of it. But then there's the pressures of life that come because of choices we make. Let's be real honest. And those seem to be a lot more the case if we're really truthful with ourselves, right? And this is what is happening to Israel. The Bible says that Israel did, again, did evil in the eyes of the Lord. If you want a kind of an overview of the Old Testament, it's God spares Israel. They live for God for a little while. They get comfortable and kind of fat and happy, and then they turn their back on God. So God's like, okay, live your own way. And then they end up under oppression of someone. Then they're like, please, God, save us. So God comes in and saves them. And then they kind of get fat and happy again on the blessing of God, and then they turn they're back on God. Hello. Are we that different than the nation of Israel? Are we not? We start to get blessed and things go our way. We're not as hungry for God. And this is the cycle that they find themselves in. And so God has been like, and I want you to understand this. God didn't send Midian to oppress Israel. Israel chose to remove themselves out from under the blessing of God. God is not the condemning God. The Bible tells us that, that he doesn't condemn us, but he does convict us to draw us to himself. But we have a choice. We have this thing called free will that God allowed us to have because he didn't want us to be robots. He, nobody likes a relationship where no one has a choice. It's not really a relationship. That's a dictatorship or an enslavement. God didn't want to have slaves. He wanted children, wanted family. Are you following me? And so we get the choice. He says, give, and it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Now, if you want the pressed down, shaken together, and running over, you've got to have a generous spirit and be a generous person. But you don't have to be. But if you don't be a generous person, you don't get the promise. Are you following me? And some of us are like, why is God doing this to me? Which Israel, you'll see Gideon go, where is God in the middle of this? And God's going, time out. You chose this. Is this too much? That I'm only two minutes in and you're like, wow, you're coming for bodies today. I'm just wanting you to understand because some people have this mentality or this picture that God is doing something to me and often it is the response of God to the choice that we made. God set principles in place and God set structure in place and order in place and he's like, if you live according to the principle, you'll get the promise. But if you don't, you don't get the promise, not because I'm a mean God, but because you made your own choice to do your own thing and you wanna live your way and that's fine if you wanna do that. Just don't expect me. Let me say it this way. God is not obligated to bless your will. He's only obligated to his principles. He's only obligated to follow through on his word, not your word. His plans, not your plans. His way, not your way. His ideas, not your ideas. He has no obligation to bless your thing. So if you take off on a path that is not his will and not his purposes, he's not obligated to be on the journey with you. 
So this is where Israel, that's not what I wanted to preach on. This is where Israel is. They find themselves, but no matter whether it is life or the choices we make, we all are under pressure. And this is where Israel is at. They're under a whole lot of pressure right now. The Bible says that Midianites are cruel and they are oppressive. And they're under immense pressure. And pressure will either refine you or confine you. It'll either refine you or confine you. Pressure has the ability to refine you. Matter of fact, it's, it's the immense pressure that makes a diamond, that turns carbon atoms into a diamond. Matter of fact, it's intense heat and about 725,000 pounds of pressure per square inch that it takes to create and form a beautiful diamond. It's pressure. It's so, I, I believe that... that that God doesn't send the pressure, but God will use the pressure if we allow him in life. Are you following me? Because there, there's some dreams that can't be formed until there's some pressure. There's some character that can't be formed until there's some pressure. There's some things that God wants to do on the inside of you that can't be formed. Let's take Joseph from the Old Testament as our model and example. Joseph has a dream at around 15 to 16 years of age. And that dream takes 15 years to come to fulfillment. But in that 15 years, Joseph would face some pressure, some pressure, some pressure, some pressure. But now at the 30-year mark or so in his life, he's ready to become the second in charge of all the land. Why? Because some things were developed in him under the pressure. Are you tracking with me? Could this be why God says that he is able to work all things together for good? Could it be why God says, that what the enemy meant for evil in your life, God turns for good in your life. I, I just wonder if there's anybody today that could testify that out on the other side of pressure, God turns pressure for good. But pressure can also confine you. And this is how Israel responded. The Bible says that the Midianites were oppressive. Are y'all still tracking with me? The Midianites were oppressive and that they made for themselves shelters in caves and strongholds. So the pressure came and Israel's response was to shrink back. It was to make themselves small geographically, physically. They were the nation of Israel. They were the children of promise. They physically not metaphorically, physically, should have been living in wide open spaces. Their children should have been running around in wide open spaces. But the Bible says they shrunk back and they hid in caves and in strongholds. And, and I think this is what the enemy does in our life whenever he sends pressure into us is to get us to shrink. It's to get us to to metaphorically shrink back in our life, to, to shrink our dreams to shrink the vision God has for our life, to, to shrink the desires, to, to even shrink our faith down, to, 
to get us to shrink back and to scale back and, and to go, well, maybe I shouldn't really believe for that much. And maybe I shouldn't really have hope for God to work in that. Maybe the breakthrough isn't really for me. Maybe that's for somebody else. And the pressure will cause you to shrink back. And the Bible says that they made shelters for themselves because here's the reality is the enemy doesn't have to get you to lose your faith. He just has to put enough pressure and you'll throw it away yourself. They made for themselves shelters. The enemy didn't build the shelter. The Midianites didn't ship them off to the shelters. The Midianite didn't construct caves for them. The Israelites did it for themselves. The enemy will do the same thing for you. He doesn't have to get you to lose hope. You'll throw away hope if he just puts enough pressure on you. He doesn't have to get you to give up on your dream. He just has to put enough pressure on you and you'll throw your dream away yourself. The devil didn't do it. You built the shelter yourself because the enemy likes to put just enough pressure. If I can just put enough pressure on the relationship, you'll throw it away yourself. If I can just put enough pressure on you, if I can just get enough things pushing in on you, you'll build that shelter yourself. You'll run to the mountains yourself. You'll hide in the cave yourself. They built for themselves. The enemy didn't build it. I wonder what shelters you have built for yourself in caves. Because the pressure just got too much. It says they built shelters for themselves in caves and strongholds. They shrunk back. Shrunk their dreams, shrunk their faith shrunk their purpose, just kept shrinking back. Shouldn't have been that way. This is the nation of Israel. This is the nation, this is the chosen people of God living in caves. This is, this is the people that serve the God of the Red Sea crossing. This isn't just anybody. This is the people of the cloud by day, the fire by night. This is the people of the, the God met them on Mount Sinai, spoke to Moses. This is this crew. Are y'all tracking with me? It shouldn't have been. These are the people of miraculous, miracle-working signs. But whenever pressure is put on you, you will quickly forget he's the God that crosses the Red Sea and he's the God of the cloud by day and the fire by night. You'll quickly forget he's the same God that last year got you out of that situation and spared your life. You quickly forget, just like Israel, did evil again in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Because they forgot who their God was. And when you forget who your God is, you'll forget who you are. And when you forget who you are, you will settle for caves and you'll settle for shelters instead of going, no, I am a person of promise and I am a person of purpose and I am a person that God has called to great things. I serve the God of exceedingly, abundantly and above all that we can ask, think or imagine. I don't live my life in caves. They shrunk back into caves. And the Bible says that all of Israel, the whole nation was building shelters in caves. You know what I like to call these people are crave, cave creatures. It's easy to stay in caves. 
when you're surrounded by cave creatures. When everybody else is in a cave, and I understand it. If you remember in the text, y'all still with me? If you remember in the text, it said that they would go out and plant crops and then the Midianites would come in, the Amalekites would come in, all these nations would come in and they would destroy all the crops and they would, they would destroy their cattle and they would destroy everything. So here's, here's the picture is that they're up in their caves and at some point somebody goes, let's go try to plant. Let's do it. Sneak out, plant some seeds, I'm gonna try. Then the moment something started growing, here comes the Midianites and here comes the Amalekites. And so I kind of get this cave mentality a little bit because how many of you know if you get slapped over and over and over, eventually you, start re you stop reaching out your hand and that's where some of you are. You have made a shelter for you in a cave and you thought, all right, I'm gonna try to re-engage that relationship and you got met with rejection and so you're like, nope, back here in the shelter. It's safe here and it's comfortable here and you stepped out to believe God for something again in a breakthrough area of your life and you didn't see it happen that way and just like the Midianites and Amalekites came in and destroyed it all and I get it because it is exhausting to feel like I go out and try something and it doesn't work so it's just better to stay back here in the cave with the cave creatures. So I'm not faulting anybody, I understand that, but I'm just trying to say to you today that that's not what God intended for your life. But if you surround yourself, this is why you gotta get in a small group. Because some of you, you, you work with some cave creatures. <laughs> you live by some cave creatures, and dare we say you're related to some... Don't clap. Do not clap. They're sitting with you. It's rude. <laughs> cave, cave creatures want you to stay in the cave because they don't want to leave the cave. The moment you, you begin to step out and you begin to have a little bit of stirring of faith inside your heart, cave creatures want to pull you back in. Cave creatures want to remind you what you can't do, what you'll never become. Our family never does that. Our family never broke out of that. Our family never attained that. Our family never dreamed like that. That doesn't happen around here. No, 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 you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't get healthy in that way. No, come on, you, oh, you're too good for everybody now. You're too big, your pants too big for everybody. They'll say things like that. Oh, you just think you're better than everybody else. No, 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 I'm not better than everybody else. I've just been called to something greater by a great God. And when I know my God, I know who I am. And when I know who I am, I can't live below, I can't live in this cave with cave creatures all the time. And cave creatures want you to stay in the cave so long that things die in the cave. The Bible says that they were reduced to starvation. So if someone is starving and they stay in the cave, they eventually die. The text doesn't tell us that, but it is no leap, I don't think, to be consistent with what the scripture is teaching us, that if their crops were removed and they were reduced to starvation, there had to be some people dying in the cave. And crave creatures will want you to stay in the cave even though it's killing you. And you may not be physically dead, but things are dying. 
There's dreams that are dying. There's purpose that is dying in the cave. There's hope that is dying in the cave. There are parts of you and things that you once dreamed about and and words that God once spoke to you and things that that you once had vision for and things that you once had faith for that that, that me saying that recalls to your mind. There was a time where you believed for something greater and there was a time where you hoped for something more and there was a time, but you went out and planted and the Amalekites and the Midianites came in and they wiped it out and you thought, why try? And then you got comfortable in the cave and you surrounded yourself with other people that were comfortable in the cave. And I'm just trying to shake something on the inside of you today by the spirit of God and say, don't die in the cave because your cave will become a tomb. So many of you have allowed caves to become tombs in your life. Places where things die. Places where dreams die, where hopes die, where vision dies, where purpose dies. That's not the life God intended for you. Israel, you are the chosen people of God. You're not supposed to be letting a generation die in a cave. You're not supposed to be spending seven years in caves. You're not supposed to be building shelters for yourself in caves. You're not supposed to be on the run. You are the people of promise. You are the people of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. You are the people of the God who got you out of the 10 plagues on Pharaoh. You are those people. Why are you shrinking back in caves? And I just want to say to you today, you are the people of the resurrected Lord. Why would you be shrinking back in caves? Why would you be allowing caves to turn into tombs? But I've got good gospel news, as old preachers used to say, is that if you'll flip over to the New Testament, we have a God that specializes in tombs. That the Bible says that on the that Lazarus had been dead for four days and Jesus showed up on the scene. He said, move the rock from it. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And I believe the spirit of God is leaning into your cave today and saying, get out of that cave. It's time to come out of the cave. I know it's scary. I know it's worrisome. I know it'll take trepidation. I know it makes you anxious, but get out of the cave. Because he who is in you is greater than any pressure around you. It actually says he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. But I think it's the sentiment is there. I do know my Bible. I just want to make sure you know that. It's time to get out of the cave. I just, I felt all week this this command, this assignment to say, get out of the cave. The devil didn't put you there. Stop blaming him. You give him more credit than he deserves. You built the shelter yourself, which means you can tear it down yourself. Get out of the cave. So how do I do that, preacher? It sounds good. <laughs> you ever left church? Don't say yes if it's this one. You're like, man, that felt good. I just have no idea what to do now. Like I said amen and clapped, and I was like fired up to go do something. I just don't know what to do. I don't ever want to leave you that way. <laughs> so let's keep reading the text, all right? Verse 7. 
It says, when the Israelites cried to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet because whenever you cry out to God, God will always respond with a word. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. He, he rebukes them a little bit. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of all the oppressors. I drove them from before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship other gods or of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you didn't listen. <laughs> Man, humanity has had the same problem for thousands of years. Here we go. Then he said, then the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak of Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the, uh, that guy. <laughs> Where his son, I missed seminary that day when they went over that word. <laughs> I was out doing ministry. Right. Where, <laughs> writing papers through the night. Where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the, so Gideon was hiding because they're all, they're hiding. They're all hiding, they're shrinking, they're making themselves small. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Man, there's a whole message right there. What God sees and what you see aren't always the same thing. What God sees about you and what you see about yourself aren't always the same thing. I think sometimes God's confused when he hears you think of talk about yourself so negatively and he's like, who are you talking about? I see a mighty warrior. But Sir Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of the Midians? The angel doesn't even answer it, but I'll give you the answer to it. It's found in verse one. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And God's like, if that's the way you wanna live, you can live that way, but don't expect Red Sea parting, fire by day, cloud by night, or opposite, cloud by day, fire by night. Don't, don't expect 10 plagues on Pharaoh because you're choosing your route. So don't get that confused. Don't, don't blame God for something he didn't do. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? And then he, then he tells all the reasons why. My clan is the weakest of Manasseh, and I'm the least. In other words, I'm the runt of the runt tribe. Like, we're the worst tribe, <laughs> and I'm at the bottom of the pole on that tribe. And the Lord answered, I will be with you. You will strike down all the Midianites together. So let me give you three thoughts very quickly. Number one is, how do I get out of the cave? Number one, I listen. The angel of the Lord came and spoke to Gideon. Just because someone's speaking to you doesn't mean you're listening. Just because God's speaking doesn't mean you've listened. Number one, how to get out of the cave. I listened to the voice of the Lord over the voice of everything else in my life. I gotta listen to the voice of the Lord. That means I do anything I gotta do. I'll tell you, for me personally, I've, um, my mind has been a battlefield these last like month or so. So I've cut everything out. I couldn't tell you what's happening in the news. Any message that would be negative and not the word of the Lord, I just gotta get it out for a season. So if it's not worship music, and if it's not the word, if it's not a message on a podcast, if it's not preaching, if it's not worship, 
It's not getting input into me right now. Why? Because I need to hear the voice of the Lord above everything else in my life. I don't, how long will that go, Pastor? I don't know. Until, because the battlefield's here. Are y'all with me? I'm gonna listen to the voice of the Lord above everything else in my life. Number two, I'm gonna start where I'm at. He said, I, I'm, I'm the weakest of the weakest, and he said, go in the strength you have. He didn't, say, he didn't say garner more strength, hit the gym, take some creatine. <laughs> Stop taking it, Aaron. <laughs> Get your gains on, and then, then go. No, he said, go in the strength you have. But he said, I'm the weakest of the clan and I'm the runt of that weak clan. And that's how some of you feel. You feel, but I got no strength, I'm the weakest. Another reason you need a small group because there's strength in numbers. But he says, just go, just start out in the strength you have. Start taking steps towards it. And some of you, that towards a small group may be the step you need to take. To, it's one step out of the cave. And you go to growth track, it's a step out of the cave. I need to, I need to, cut out some inputs in my life. It's a step out of the cave. I may need to, to remove some relationships in my life that aren't healthy. It's a step out of the cave. I may need to forgive someone that's hurt me. It's a step out of the cave. I, I may, the Spirit of God will show you. I don't need to name it. But start where you're at. Start somewhere. Start now. Gideon, go in the strength that you have. Gideon is hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat so the Midianites don't steal it from him. The angel shows up and says, mighty warrior, go in the strength you have. Gideon's like, I got no strength. He's like, no problem, just go. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting, whatever you're waiting for is an illusion. When I get to, no you won't. When they, what if they never do? When the kids are, they're always gonna be around. They're, all, they're always, they're just there all the time. <laughs> all the... Start now. And then number three, trust that God's got you. He said, Midian, I'm gonna, Gideon, I'm gonna go with you and you'll strike down the Midianites. In other words, Gideon, I got it. I'm gonna use you, you're gonna be the vessel, but I'm gonna do it. And so I just need you to go, because it's not by your power or your might, it's by his spirit, says the Lord. And so just trust me that at each step I got you, and the next step I got you, and the next step I got you, and the next step I got you. Pressure will refine you or confine you. Some of you, it's confined you. You've made shelters. You've made life small, dreams small, faith small, hope in God small, trust in the purpose of God for your life. You've made it small. You've shrunk it back. It's too much. I can't do it. Too much pressure. Some of you have turned your cave into a tomb. And the Spirit of the Lord is saying today, get out of the cave. Let his voice be the loudest. Start where you are. 
trust that he's with you. Do you receive the word today? Is that helpful? Will you pray with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed at all of our campuses today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone that is confined to the cave. They've built shelters, safe spaces, but they're living less than the call of God on their life. They're living less than the purpose of God. They've shrunk back in some area of their life. I, I speak faith into their hearts right now. Speak hope over their life right now. May we all listen. Let your voice be the loudest voice. Cut out every other input we have to to hear the voice of God. May we start with the strength we have and trust that the God of all gods is with us in everything that he calls us to. For some of you today, the step that you need to take is the step of faith towards Jesus. That if we were to sit over coffee and I were to say, do you know Jesus? You, you may know about church and you may say, I know who God is. But if I were to say, do you have a personal relationship with him? You, you would say no, that in your heart of hearts, you know that you're far from God. It's the whole reason Jesus came is that we have this problem that none of us can solve. All of humanity has it. It's called sin. And sin separates us from a loving God. And God never wanted it that way, so he sent Jesus, his only son, into the earth to die. The death you and I deserved, he lived the perfect life you and I could never live. And if we'll place our faith in what he did for us on the cross, then his work will cover all of our sins, forgive them past, present, and future. And today can be the day of what Paul wrote in Corinthians. He said, if any man or woman be in Christ, they are a new creation. All things pass away and everything becomes new. Today can be a day of new beginning for you. So in just a moment, we're gonna pray together and it's just us expressing that to God, saying, God, I believe that you died, that you've sent Jesus to die for me and I believe that you raised him from the dead. The Bible says if you confess that with your mouth, believe it in your heart, you will be saved. And so in just a moment when we pray, we wanna give you the opportunity. If you say, Pastor, that's me, I need that. Take that step, I need a fresh start today. I know in my heart I'm far from God, but I don't wanna be. If that's you, when I count to three, no one looking around at every campus, just myself or your campus pastor, on three, you just shoot your hand up high enough, long enough for us to see, and then we're gonna pray together. No one's gonna come to you, wouldn't embarrass you for the world, promise you that. But on three, you just shoot your hand up. One, two, three, you just shoot it up high. God bless you, God bless you. Beautiful, incredible, incredible. You can put those down. Church, let's pray this out loud together for the benefit of those who just lifted their hand. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for a brand new beginning. In Jesus' name, everybody said a big amen. Come on, let's celebrate the best decision you could ever make. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the LifePoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.